Hello and welcome to So Divine. I'm Megan Skinner. And I'm Stephanie Galling. And this is our monthly astrology and tarot podcast where we take a look at the celestial landscape, what's happening in the stars. We pick a tarot card to fit the vibe, all with an eye towards inspiration and helping you to lead a more conscious life. So hello, Stephanie. Megan, hi. Hello, hello, and welcome to our December episode. It's the, it's, it's soon going to be the holiday season, right? So merry, merry, holly, jolly, fa la la, and all of that good stuff to you and to all of our listeners out there. Yes, and here we are up with the holidays and also the end of another year. Which I just can't believe that this year too has gone by like a blink. I mean, sometimes it felt like it went by with a blink. Sometimes it felt like it went by with a very, very long extended gaze, right? Yes, Yes, for sure. And, you know, at the end of today's uh, podcast, we are going to mention something very special coming up for the new year in 2022. But for now, let's start and unpack the uh, astrology for December. And when Stephanie and I were going through everything and getting the vibe, we did come up with a theme. And that theme for December is faith and surrender. And we'll tell you more as we get into it. So let's start with Hello, eclipse season. We're in the middle of eclipse season and we have a new moon solar eclipse in Sagittarius on December 3rd. Now, of course, this follows up the lunar eclipse in Taurus that happened um, on November 19th. So let's unpack, let's talk about the Sagittarius solar eclipse. Yeah. And again, to just that broader perspective, which itself is very Sagittarius that you shared, right? We're in the midst of eclipse season and things are shifting and yet all the, we might see sort of a hazy outline, but it's not yet filled in. So again, if you feel like things are being illuminated or, you know, endings are being called for and the beginnings feel like they're right around the corner and yet you're not a thousand percent sure, like, the details of that, that's just as it is. And just know as the weeks progress, more clarity will emerge. Um, But in terms of this solar eclipse, this new moon eclipse, it's in Sagittarius. And Sagittarius is very much about vision and goal. What's on the horizon? What do I want to put on my horizon? You know, what do I want to explore? What quests do I want to go on. And I think that that's really important too, because it gives us this broader frame to say, okay, you know, and even at the end of this year, right, I've been through this year, this is what is manifested, this is what I'm struggling with, this is the joys that I experienced, what do I want to do with that? Now what? Right? And so a Sagittarius new moon can really help us to like, put those seeds out in terms of like, where am I going? Where do I want to be going? And again, it's an eclipse. So it's like, we may be kind of clear-ish how we want to do it. Maybe we do it real more broad, you know, in terms of not narrowing down that scope of what our visions, our aims, and our goals are, but something more broad. And we and that is what gets set in motion. Yes, 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 yes. I, I, I 
I agree. And when, you know, when I think about Sagittarius, of course, I think of the centaur archer and, you know, shooting those arrows into the sky. And so what you're saying is maybe this is a time to like look at elevating ourselves. How can we go into a bigger picture or a bigger understanding of ourselves and the world? And Sagittarius rules higher wisdom. And so this is a moment where we strive, you know, you're talking about setting a goal, going on a journey where we strive to maybe elevate ourselves and our lives a bit. And of course, with Sagittarius, it's always more, more, more. It's the, the, the sign of expansion and all of that. So we might be having big appetites um, around the eclipse. Yeah, I love the notion of elevation. I always think that that sequence of like being in Scorpio season, right? We're like, we're going down and we're diving and like, you know, where we find the riches is below, where we sink in. And then come Sagittarius, you know, it's about like elevating, going higher, having a broader view. And before, when you spoke about the themes of the month, right, like faith and surrender, like Sagittarius is very faith oriented, right? It mm, gives you yeah, hope. It gives yes. you optimism, that kind of faith. And it's also the, a sign that's related to um, religion and spirituality, right? So it's also yeah. that realm of faith. Yes. Yes. And oh, what a difference, you know, between that Taurus, you know, full moon eclipse, which, you know, of course, we had this sun in Scorpio and it was, you know, where we were really looking at our daily routines and going into deeper emotions. So this does feel very different. Very different. Very different. What do you just think? Like, what do you want to set your sights upon? Yeah, absolutely. And remember, we generally feel these eclipses at least a few days before and after. Okay, so we've got that Sag solar eclipse on December the 3rd, just starting the month off. Another big story this month is, and we talked about this uh, a bit in detail last month, is Venus's extended stay in Capricorn. So we've got the planet Venus and stoic, ambitious Capricorn, for four months. And that's because Venus goes retrograde and then goes forward. So let's start by talking just a little bit about the themes for Venus and Capricorn. And then what's happening this month is it will be joining Pluto, which is also in Capricorn. And that will be happening twice this month. I think that might be where the theme of surrender comes in. But let's start by just reminding everybody about you know, Venus in Capricorn. Yeah, sure. So Venus generally spends a month in a sign so that it's spending four months in a sign. is It's quite a thing to pay attention to, you know, or that our attention is being drawn to understanding what we value Venus, right, when it comes to work and loyalty, you know, where we invest, Capricorn is also very, you know, it's a conservative sign. So where do we, you know, Venus is also about our resources. Like we may really turn to like needing to or wanting to conserve our resources. Where do we expend? Where do we hold back? Where do we give? You know, it's that sort of, it can feel Capricorn a bit constrictive, but if we do it with awareness, it's, you know, we're being really smart again about all of our resources, our time, our money, our emotions, our energy. So 
Um, and I think too, you know, with Venus and Capricorn for so long, our attention will continue in a, in a real deep way to focus upon those Capricornian subject matters in the world, business, the yep. finances, governments, structures, the patriarchy, you know, in, infrastructure. So I think our attention is going to continue to be pulled in that direction. Absolutely. And also, you know, Venus is relationships as well. And so, you know, we might also be looking at in addition to, you know, is this relationship sustainable? Is this a relationship that I want to really want to invest my energy in the long term? So now we got to bring in that Pluto energy and Pluto, of course, is a planet of death and rebirth and transformation. And Pluto has a lot to do with where we deep dive again into that deep, deep underworld and start to bring things to the surface. So Venus has been in, no, excuse me, Pluto's been in Capricorn, remind me, Stephanie, since around... I think 2008 around 2008. So it's been there for a while. But anytime a planet, you know, comes into its orbit, it tends to stimulate the energies more of that planet. And the days that Pluto will be conjunct, um, Venus will be on December the 11th. And then also on Christmas Day, December the 25th. Yep, there we go. So looking forward to that family gathering. (laughs) Full of like the reveal of secrets and like the need to tell truths and like to really see like what's going on under the surface. What what does grandma have hidden like in the back of her closet? It's like, you know, I watched the alcohol consumption, you know, watch the eggnog on Christmas Day, because like you're saying, with that Plutonian energy, it can be a bit of an emotional eruption. And, you know, Capricorn likes everything to be kind of safe and secure. And so we're bringing in Pluto, and it's definitely going to shake things up. For sure. And also, like, as you said, you said the 11th and the 25th. And also the third time that Venus will connect with Pluto is a while away is in March on March 2nd. So just to like have that on your on your radar, that this is an unfolding story, right? And a story of where we dive deep into seeing what do I really value? Which relationships really hold weight or hold muster for me? And where am I, to your point before, what am I willing to surrender to let go that I can't, and we might find ourselves where we've been clinging to structures, very Capricorn, and we're, but we're we're coming up against the fact that these structures really don't feed us. They're not, or they're not sustainable. And so these are the things that we might start to realize in December and where we feel called to like let go. And some of those structures that like, you know, that they seem alive, but they're really dead. They're really dead. And their only choice to actually bring them back to life is to release them, is to strip Mm -hmm. them down to the bones. Yeah. And I think that that's a lot of very Capricorn, very Capricorn. I feel like that's a lot of the work and the focus this month. Mm -hmm. And that may be, you know, one of our favorite words, intense. It's very (laughs) intense. But, you know, if you know that you're going into this month with that orientation, you can look around the realms of your life and feel like, okay, which, you know, what 
what parts of my life just need that attention, right? That they like, they really maybe have reached their expiration date and where, what can I do to maybe revivify them? Yeah. And, and just to throw, that's really good, Stephanie. And to just throw another date into the mix here with this whole equation is Venus does go retrograde this month on the 19th. And these retrogrades are a part of why Jupiter, not Jupiter, excuse me, Venus is going to be in Capricorn so long. So when, you know, when Venus goes retrograde, it's going to be another opportunity to like, you know, step back and really reflect and review on these themes that we're talking about. Yeah, for sure, right? So the dates, I think it's December 19th to January 28th or 29th, um, that Venus will be retrograde. And so as you shared, like when Venus is retrograde, it, it appears to be going backwards. So we go in that direction. We go back over things. We review things. We look at our relationships, our relationship to our value, our relationships to money from a different lens. You know, perhaps there's treasures in the past, like, for example, like with your finances, you know, maybe you're looking at your budget again and you're like, I'm going to take that on because Venus is in Capricorn. Is there somebody or some you know, way of organizing from the past that you can bring back to the present moment, you know, because again, we're like really looking to see, um, you know, we need to strengthen these realms and by getting a different vantage point and going back over things that may be that way of strengthening and bringing more healing. Yeah, I love that, that you're bringing up, you know, strengthening in terms of a retrograde, because you, we, we've talked about this so many times, anytime the word retrograde comes up, especially with the Mercury retrograde, there's a bit of a, oh no there. And instead of we can like put it in the context of a real opportunity to step back and, and strengthen the structures that you do want to go forward. I think that, that, just feels incredibly powerful. Yeah, I think, I mean, to your point, right? Like, I love how that it's exactly like the two words when people hear retrograde, it's always like, oh no, right? Like that's the like reflex, like retrograde, oh no. But, you know, cause we're also so used to just going forward, right? Progress is like one directional, one direction for us collectively. And the retrogrades remind us of the power of the pause, of going yes. slow, and that actually you can more truly and holistically make progress by taking some time to review, reassess, go back over things to like refine things by taking the time to do that as opposed to just like barreling ahead. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. And I feel like before we start uh, the, our next <laughs> uh, highlight for the month, I need to take a pause and a breath because, <laughs> again, this all feels like a lot. And that's why we, we use the word intense. <laughs> OK, so the next big happening this month and actually it's been a big happening all year. And we have the final Saturn square Uranus aspect that we've been talking about all year. It's it's kind of the big deal for 2021. This is the last one and it's happening on, I have to check my dates, um, on December 24th, Christmas yeah, Eve. Christmas is going to be, going to be very interesting. <laughs> and we say that not from any kind of negativity. No. 
just from a bit of a heads up that knowing that this is the beauty of astrology, we can like feel what the forces at work are and work with them. And just knowing that this is going to be a bit of a heightened time, you can, you know, observe and uh, react accordingly. So Saturn's in Aquarius, Uranus is in Taurus. Um, Let's talk about those themes. I mean, we've talked about it in regards to, you know, the vanguard versus the new guard. So old guard, excuse me. Talk to us a little bit about those themes. Yeah. I mean, there's that push pull all year between like, you know, what is progressive? What is conservative? Right. I mean, even looking at like at least United States politics, right. Like that we would say like those people that were conservative are like more seen as liberal. Like it's sort of like who is towing the line. And also do we, do we move forward if we want to move forward and we want to change things up for ourselves, which I think a lot of people have heard that clarion call this year, like, wait, I want to move things around. Like I don't, I'm feeling this sense of stasis and the sense of stagnancy and the sense of repeat. And yet we couldn't fully go into that, that Uranian change it up because Saturn was there being like, go slow, take your time, make sure that this change makes sense. Right. So there is that sort of like change or stay the same, stay the change, same, you know, and, and there was a tension there. And ideally what we've been doing is looking at the parts of ourselves that come forth that want to change and then saying, okay, let's do this slowly. Let's do this with a blueprint. Let's have a plan here. Right. And so that we can have a plan for change so that that change is sustainable as opposed yeah. to like, you know, Uranus could be and Saturn could be like brake accelerator, brake accelerator. And then you're, you know, you're so jumpy because your car keeps on like jerking forward, jerking back. Like, again, structure change. Yeah. I also think that, you know, since this is the third and final one of the year, you know, it's a really great time. Here we are talking about the year end um, to really look back and what have I learned from this year? What do I really want to take forward? How, you know, what do I want to reconfigure? And I think for so many of us, as we're in this process of looking at what works and what doesn't work and bringing in new energy, but also trying to like keep a certain pace going, it can be a little bit overwhelming. And so I think with this, if we can, again, like go into put on the observer hat a little bit and, and really ground in, okay, what have I learned this year? And really maybe take a little bit of time to reflect on that, especially on the 24th. I love that. And I love that word that you used, reconfigure. Mm, right. Yeah, like, what did you want to reconfigure? What was reconfigured? You know, how do you want to move forward with that? So that feels really important. Like, where did you see shakeup? You know, and maybe even yeah. that shakeup, like turned your eyes to a certain direction to make you aware of things that wouldn't have happened if the dust wasn't shook up, if you will. And also yeah. just as a reminder, I'm going to think that if like, while the last hit is on the 24th, it's obviously not over, right? Like there's still that yeah. period afterwards. But just again, I'm fascinated. Maybe we could talk about this in a minute. Like Uranus, Saturn square on the 24th, Pluto, Venus on the 25th. Like maybe we can like just sort of brainstorm some like holiday strategies or how to orient to the holidays or that holiday. Faith, faith and surrender. <laughs> 
I think that's where our, our theme came from. But I think that's a really good, you know, question to bring up is, you know, how do we orientate ourselves with all of this? And, you know, for me, I, I think this is the beauty of things like astrology and awareness and mindfulness. If we can go into this knowing that there's this shakeup happening, then we can, like, like I said, put on that observer's hat, take that step back. And also, if you get triggered, and you may, to really look at that, and I'm going to put my little quote marks up, as an opportunity to heal. Because, you know, the way that, that some of that energy is, is things are getting unearthed. It's almost like they have to come up again, you know, to really be able for us to see them, reconfigure them, and ultimately heal them. So to go in with that mindfulness, I think, brings opportunity. Beautiful. Yeah. I mean, right. Because there are things that we all bury, right. And that, that, and that in, when we bury them, it seems like a survival or a thriving strategy at the moment or a coping mechanism at the moment, but yet they're buried underground and we need to bring them to light. So if we, if we push to like keep them down, there's, there's going to be that much more resistance back. Right. So to be open to what wants to be unearthed. You know, I think is really important and, you know, and to, to your point, like to observe, like, am I being triggered by something? What's emerging from me here? What, you know, what from deep within me seems like it's arising that I might not have given voice to and whether or not I choose to give voice to it around the like Christmas table or not is another decision, but I still am open to it. Right. And I'm using that awareness and using it as an ingredient for forward movement. Yeah, one of the things I feel like I've said a lot of this year is, yeah, didn't see that happening. Yeah, didn't see that coming. And so, again, it's just being in that moment because that Uranus has so many surprises. Expect the unexpected is if we can just be very present, you know, and maybe let go of some expectations. Yeah, very great advice. Yeah, so Merry Christmas, everyone. (laughs) And so happy Hanukkah, all that good stuff. All right. Let's let's shift gears a little bit. Can we? (laughs) The next thing we're going to talk about feels very different because we are going to talk about Jupiter going into Pisces. Yay! Jupiter, I think, is very happy swimming in those Piscean waters. And also it's done with Aquarius, right? It's been in Aquarius but for the last year. So this is a very different kind of energy. It changes kind of the social and collective zeitgeist. Now, Jupiter will be in Pisces, and then next year it'll dip back into Aries and then go into Pisces, then dip into Aries. So, and we'll talk about this a little bit next year, but we'll have that kind of Pisces Aries thing. But let's talk about Jupiter and Pisces. Yeah. And to what you said too, like it's like it's two sides of a coin. Like Jupiter enters Pisces and it also means that it's done with Aquarius now for the next 12 years. You know, and we did get a little taste of this Jupiter and Pisces because it was there for like it dipped its toe in, if you want to say, from like mid-May, I think, to the end of July. But most of the year, Jupiter was in Aquarius, bringing our larger scale attention to Aquarian subjects like the collective, like how I impact you and you impact me. Issues like logistics and science and sort of worldwide, like broader scoped issues. 
you know, now that it's going into Pisces, and as you alluded to, Jupiter's very happy in Pisces, right? It like it's the, one of the co-rulers of Pisces with Neptune. And so what's expanded is the expanded worlds, right? Mm. This turn to the numinous, this turn to like the things, how things are unified and connected, you know, turns our attention to beauty, not just that beauty that like, oh, that's a pretty color, but like that beauty that you feel that stirs and moves your soul, you know, compassion and empathy. And of course, because, you know, Jupiter makes everything bigger and Pisces is boundless and boundarylessness, boundaryless, which can be part of its beauty and tuning us to the numinous, you know, it is also something where we do need to watch our boundaries, right? That we do not feel infiltrated or we give ourselves away or any of those other things that can happen when we don't have good boundaries. Yeah. No, I I get excited just talking about it because there seems like it's been a bit of heaviness in the air and Pisces and Jupiter and Pisces is so buoyant. And also, you know, it really invites us into, you know, the spiritual realms and the, the realm of the transcendent and, you know, takes us out of that mundane, ordinary reality into those bigger, bigger realms. And that's, those are waters I love swimming <laughs> in. Can you tell? Uh, and well, Stephanie's a Pisces. What am I talking about? Um, so I think we're we're looking forward to that. Yeah, I mean, right. And we move from that Aquarius, like being in our head, to being like yeah. in our heart and our soul. You know, and that's one of the things that we'll talk about at our um, Astro Salon that we're going to tell you about more in a moment. Is like what are those also those tre- those themes and those trends that Jupiter in Pisces may portend? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Final thing. We cannot mention December without mentioning, of course, the solstice, which happens on, what day is it happening this year? 21st or 22nd? Stephanie's looking up the date. 21st. 21st. Okay. So solstice, we go from what, less dark to more light, depending on where you live in the hemisphere, but it's definitely a shifting and changing of energies. I mean, here in the Western Hemisphere, it's really about going into those winter energies and into like that internal kind of darkness. Yes. So we open to, right, in the Northern Hemisphere, we're opening to that dark, but it's, and and in the Southern, opening to the light, but it's also that extreme, right? There's that extremeness about the solstice, right? Like you've reached sort of the end of one and you're coming back to that other and also just that like it's like a pivot point which is also yeah. really interesting yeah another pivot point and of course this is all happening around you know like right right in that kind of christmas energy so again just be very mindful and 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 wishing you graceful pivoting there. <laughs> Love that. Well, all right we've got to talk about the tarot card for the month. And I'm just going to jump in here on that. And this month, it was really easy. So the tarot card that I picked is actually from the Minor Arcana, and it's from the Suit of Cups. And it is the Nine of Cups, which is ruled by 
Jupiter in Pisces. And each card of the tarot is ruled by an astrological sign or planet, or in case of the minor arcana, both. So what is Jupiter in Pisces all about? Or excuse me, the Nine of Cups all about. And one of the definitions of that card is emotional satiety. In a lot of decks, you'll see this guy and he's sitting in front of these nine cups behind him and they're all full. And he's sitting there and his arms are crossed and he's like, my cup runneth over. And so it's this card of deep joy and happiness and this feeling of of nourishment and, you know, happiness. And so it's this really, really lovely card. And in the Couture Tarot, I actually use an image of these women in a swimming pool, and I describe it as swimming in happiness. Now, sometimes with this card, if you're feeling like, what? I'm not feeling happy. I'm not feeling joyful. Every card has its shadow side. And with the Nine of Cups, it would be to look at Do you believe that you deserve happiness? To maybe dig into that, are you blocking yourself from experiencing happiness? There's also an element to this card around forgiveness. And because it's a nine and nines are the end of a cycle, it may be a time to look at what you want to let go of, what we've been talking about. And in that letting go, is there anybody or anything within yourself that you need to forgive? And through that act of forgiveness, the idea is that it opens you up to more of that happiness and more of those deeper, joyful experiences. So there's that wonderful happiness energy, but also the letting go and perhaps the need to forgive and to really open yourself up to the fact that you deserve happiness. We all deserve happiness. So the Nine of Cups, such a lovely card for December. What a beautiful way, like to a resource for guidance. I love it. Yes, yes. Okay, we have teased this all all <laughs> during the podcast. So Stephanie, let I'm turning it over to you to make the announcement of what we've got coming up. So we are so excited for this. On January 6th, we are going to be doing an online Astro Salon, and we are going to be giving you a vision. It's actually called Re-Envisioning Our Future. Um, We're going to be giving you a vision or a re-envisioning of what 2022, I can't even say that that year because (laughs) I can't believe we're there will offer us. We're going to go through all the different strong alignments. We're going to, you know, talk about Jupiter and Pisces and Jupiter also moving into Aries. What might that portend for us personally and collectively? We will talk about the amazing coming together of Jupiter and Neptune both in Pisces and the sign that they both co-rule and like how that may inspire our dreams. We will talk about all the retrogrades because there's of course Mercury retrograde. There happens to be, we'll be in a Venus retrograde and there's an upcoming Mars retrograde. And also importantly, we're going to talk about the United States chart and how the United States is having its Pluto return 
right? Mm -hmm. And as we all know, we're going through this collective <laughs> sense of reckoning. And when mm -hmm. I think about the fact that we didn't do it on purpose, but it just so happened to be the Thursday we chose that the event will be on January 6th, which is a date that is marked in our in our minds for what happened in 2021. Like we're really going to dig in and like really be able to give some sort of more understanding of what is this thing that we're all moving through. So those are just some of the highlights. I'm excited about that. So, so Stephanie, if people want to sign up for that, because it's, is it, no, it's not free. Never mind. But we have, we'll, we'll have some deals. It's very reasonable. They can go to your website, correct? Um, and we'll also get it up on the So Divine website. But, but right now, go to stephaniegayling.com. Exactly. So go to my website. You can find it on my journal and on my classes page. Also, we will, you know, sign up for the So Divine newsletter if you have yet to, because we're going to be sending out information about that. And it starts at 5.30 PT, Pacific time. It is $25, but we are going to do this offering that if you, if anybody purchases my new book that I have coming out called The Astrological Self-Care Journal, you can come to the event for free. So thank you to Megan and her graciousness for helping me to like share this book with the world. No, I'm all over this book. The moon book is going to be so, so good. All right. We got to sign off. We got to go. So thank you, everyone. Thank you to all of our listeners. Wishing you a very joyful holiday season. We'll see you next month. Thank you, Megan, and thank you, Nick Patry and Sebastiano Tecchio, our amazing producers, and thank you to everyone out there listening. Take care and happy holidays. Mm -hmm.